0: Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every 1 million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to divide amongst 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www.marjorie'sbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjorie'sbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky.com. Yeah, that's right. Because that's the way we roll. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. This is the HBCU Football Daily podcast for today, Tuesday, September fourteenth. I'm Donald. Where it's Takeaway Tuesday on the program. The obvious game to talk about, in the in probably the biggest game in HBCU football was Jackson State and Tennessee State had I think about forty six thousand there, uh, or maybe more than in Memphis. Uh, for that football game. But a couple of teams that I think you need to be on the lookout for and need to watch a little bit more closely as the season continues. We're just two games into the season, but I think these two teams uh, are legit. Let me start with the Albany State Golden Rams. Now, the Golden Rams have been knocking on the door for a couple of years now, but Miles has thwarted uh, the Golden Rams. Of course, the Golden Rams have been a perennial power in the SIAC for so many years, and I think you look at Miles, and Miles has just been able, just really had Albany State's number. But Albany State is off to a 2-0 start, and a lot of that reason is because they're getting it done both on the offensive and defensive side of the football. Albany State averaging 357 yards of total offense per game, only giving up 212 yards uh, per game wins over Mississippi College, wins over Clark Atlanta. Now I get it. Maybe not the stiffest uh, of competition, right? I, I don't think it's bad competition, but not the stiffest of competition. But I think at the end of the day, uh, Albany State is looking pretty good uh, so far, led by uh, the quarterback Deontay Bonet, who has rushed, is averaging 6.8 yards per carry. But he's he's not a he's not a running quarterback per se and i'm just saying that he has been able to get it done with his legs but also with his arm. He's completing 68% of his passes, 352 yards so far on the season in 2 games, three touchdowns and no interceptions on the season. Doing a good job there. Albany State able to run the football averaging 173 yards rushing per game. Uh of course, Marcus Folks is, is leading in that category. He's got a couple of rushing touchdowns on the season for Albany State. But, again, the Golden Rams, I mean, the Golden Rams have always hung their, uh, their heads on – really on defense. And the defense is getting it done. Five sacks so far on the season for the Golden Rams. Another team that I'm looking at that I'm going to keep my eye on for sure is Lane. Like Lane is doing a pretty good job so far this season. Yeah, one and one on the season, but you look at the opening game, it was a loss to Arkansas Pine Bluff, the defending Western Division Champions of the SWAC. So keep that in mind. I think you know, Arkansas Pine Bluff is very good and Lane went toe to toe, went toe to toe with Arkansas Pine Bluff in the first game of the season. Last uh, A couple of weeks ago now, or a week and a half ago now, before ultimately falling, Byron Brown in his first season as the head coach uh, doing a solid job with Lane. I mean, coming off the 35-26 to 26 victory uh, over Clark Atlanta. Lane has been one of those programs, I mean, under Derek Burroughs, started to make some strides, you know, before that, going back to the days of Jacoby Jones and so on and so forth. I mean, had, you know, solid teams, but they've fallen on some hard times. Um, a little bit more uh, as of late. But Tariq McKenzie, the quarterback, I mean, he's getting it done, completing 62% of his passes, four touchdowns to one interception. He's thrown uh, for 565 yards so far this year. I mean, he he had a pretty solid game, actually, um, against Arkansas Pine Bluff as well. So a couple of of teams um, just to be on the lookout for. It's early. I get it. It's early. But I think that these two teams – Are are teams that should be you really need to be on the lookout for in the SIAC? Obviously, we know what Miles can do. Still, be on the lookout for Miles, even though Miles is 0-2 right now. I mean, you know, early games, you know, losing to Alabama State took Alabama State, you know, to 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 overtime before it lost. I mean, it's losing. You know, it's playing. They're playing well. You know, the Golden Bears are going to be there at the end. We know that Savannah State. Uh, of course, has been picked uh, and Savannah State getting its first victory of the season. But, uh, you know, again, be on the lookout for the Golden Bears. So looking at, uh, but, but really more specifically, Lane in Albany State. So, again, looking at the Jackson State and Tennessee State game, I thought it would be you know, a 10 to 14 point contest with Jackson State winning. Well, obviously they won by many more points than that, 39 to 18. So Jackson State wins that game, uh, in essence, by three touchdowns. And Shador Sanders, outstanding game for Jackson State, completed 30 of 40 passes. Uh, You know, he was just fantastic. 362 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions two games in Sanders has yet to throw an interception I mean I think he he, he you could tell I, I I didn't see much of the Tennessee State game uh, but that game against Florida A&M. I mean this kid can really throw the football um I, I think one of the things and and his his father coach uh, Deion Sanders has some concerns with him trying to run uh, the football uh too much um and you know because he had a you know he had he, he was sacked twice um, in the game, but he had like negative nine yards rushing on what amounted to 12 attempts. Now, some of those are, you know, trying to get out if Tennessee state is putting on that rush, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, he is doing just an overall, a uh, really good job. I think Jackson state's defense is phenomenal. I think that's where Jackson state is going to hang its hat on uh, throughout the course of the season It's going to be on the defensive side of the football. I mean, Jackson State didn't particularly run the football well uh, against Tennessee State, nor did they run it did did the Tigers run the football enough? I mean, only twenty one rushes to forty passes. Um, I think ultimately, as Jackson State progresses through the swag and really gets into the meat of swag play, the Tigers are going to be are going have to be able to run the football. Uh, a little bit more. I mean, Peyton Pickett, you know, for the amount of times he carried the ball, average five yards per carry, he only carried the ball 11 times in the ballgame. As I mentioned, Jackson State only ran the ball 21 times and threw it 40 times. While we know the SWAC to be a wide-open, aerial, offensive league, it has historically been that way, and it will continue to be that way. I mean, you've had some backs that have toted the rock, and – you know, especially, I think, when you have a Bethune-Cookman that's coming into the conference now. Um, you look at Alcorn State and what Alcorn State has been able to do historically from a defensive standpoint. Uh, Jackson State still has to play. Uh, still has to play. Certainly, I don't have the schedule in front of me. I don't know if they play. all. I don't know if, if, if Jackson State plays Alcorn State this year. I would imagine that Jackson State would. But certainly, it does play Bethune-Cookman. Like, you got to be able to run the football. So, I think... You know, that's, that's where Jackson State, you, you'd like to see them do a little bit more right there. But, I mean, from the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they're getting it done. I mean, James Houston was a man out there, okay, for Jackson State. Ten tackles, five tackles for loss. He had four and a half quarterback sacks. Think, think about that. Four and a half quarterback sacks in one football game. Jackson State had eight sacks in the game, able to get to the football Rough outing, uh, rough time so far. Not only a rough outing, but a rough season uh, so far for Eddie George and the Tennessee State Tigers in just his first season. Uh, you know, I think they've got a quarterback in Jeremy Hickbottom. Um, you know, he's had some, he's had some experience. He did some good things while he was at Grambling. They also play uh, Debbie and Brant, uh, right? I think. I don't know. I think you may have to make a decision at quarterback there. I mean, I, you know, Hickbottom's to me. Uh, is the guy with the experience. You're 0-2 on the season. You've got a good running back. You couldn't run the football, but Devon Starling is a good running back. They need to, you know, try to get him going, get that offensive line going uh, a little bit as well. So I think Tennessee State has opened the season to some struggles. We'll see ultimately how things play out. I mean, you, you hire a coach, you know, and again, you know, I I got to give a little bit of time to Eddie George. Like I got to give him some time, right? Like you bring him in in what April or May for an for for a, a an all or a September kickoff. Like that's tough, right? So he's got to have some time. He's working, you know, a lot with a lot of the guys that were with the team last year, which was some talent. I mean, Tennessee State only won two games. I think Tennessee State went two and five in the spring, but it's some talented guys there. Starling is one of those guys, All-American, was All-OVC, uh, right? Had a good game, the first game, in terms of running the football, uh, not so much against Jackson State because Jackson State's defense is very, very good. So we'll see ultimately how things play out uh, for Tennessee State moving forward. Jackson State's the real deal. Got it done against Tennessee State. It was a It was a early affair where Jackson State scored, Tennessee State came right back. Then Jackson State hit that field goal and just really opened it up. Uh, from there in really running away with this football game. Just some of the takeaways from the Miak call in particular. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, who, I'm going to tell you who was really, really fired up uh, for for the MEAC call uh, on yesterday uh, was Tyrone Wheatley, the head football coach at Morgan State. Like he was really, really, I mean, he was really, really fired up. First of all, you know, I'm 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 just um, uh, going to give you a quote straight up. You know, you know, if you're offended by the the language, I apologize. It's not like a a a word that you know you can't say on the radio or anything like that that you would have to beep out. It's not a word I generally right if I'm on the radio generally use. But what Tyrone Wheatley said was, "The Miak is a damn good." conference okay that's what he said I think he was a little agitated because even though Morgan State lost they played up the Bears played up in an FBS opponent this week they put some points on the board they did some good things particularly in the second half and what he said was the difference between our teams and FBS teams particularly um, the FBS the lower tier if you will SBS teams is technique you know, he says if 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 my guy is physically dominated but uses good technique, right, then I know then you know, then I know we'll be good in the Miac. But if, if we're not doing the things that we're supposed to do, right, and the guy is the, the, the opponent is not physically dominating me, then I've got a problem. And he talked about you know, he also mentioned this is one thing of significance that he mentioned, and he says, Listen, I'm gonna say this, I don't care you know, not that he doesn't care what people think, but he, he said he's willing to take the heat for this. As he says, we have to stop talking about mental health and talk about mental toughness. That's what he said, in essence. Right. Um, that, hey, you know, I mean, it, it is not. And he wasn't saying it to say mental health is not an issue. Uh, right. But I mean, in a game of football. You know, in the game of football, it is about mental toughness. You, you you don't hear a lot about mental health in football per se, not to say that there's not an issue there or it's not something that needs to be talked about or needs to be addressed. But, you know, it's a it's the machoist of sports, right? So we rarely talk about that. We say we need to talk about mental toughness. And so I think he was just a little bit agitated on the call. I think when you look at the MEAC, uh, even though there are six teams, in the MIAC, the coaches stand pat and firm in terms of where the MiAC is right now. By the way, miac and SWAC, one and one on the season. When you're talking about going head up, North Carolina Central over Alcorn State in the MiAC swac Challenge. Alabama A&M over South Carolina State in a matchup uh, uh, two weeks ago now, or a week and a half ago now. Uh, when those two teams uh, met in Huntsville, a tough football game. I I was saying this, you know, you look at South Carolina State, South Carolina State is a problem, right? By the way, mentioned it yesterday, To Kobe Durant, two interceptions against Clemson, I think that's big. Um, It's something that uh, we had harped on prior to that. Uh, It's how Darius Leonard made a bigger name. He's already had a name at that time, made a bigger name, for himself buddy Pugh said that in the press conference on yesterday as much that yeah this is you know he didn't harp on it but he said yep yeah you know it's a thing uh you know i i get maybe the i don't know i i I sort of got the feel i I didn't watch the game but i got i I sort of got the feel that you know maybe buddy pew felt like durant maybe left some things out there. I don't know. Maybe he did. But, I mean, two interceptions is two interceptions, right, against Clemson. That's going to – you know, if you're not – you know, that's – you're just going to talk about that. Like, I'm talking about it now regardless of what things he may not have done. Well, and I'm not saying he didn't. I just sort of got that feel, you know, sort of on the press conference. Could be way wrong about that, but that's sort of the feel I got. But, again, I think he he elevates his name a little bit more. So now you're saying, okay, well – you know, he was already on the radar. But he's got two interceptions against Clemson. I need to look at him a little bit more closely. And then you analyze the game against Clemson. And, of course, as they do, especially with smaller school players, when you're talking about that next level, they're always they're, across the board, right? They're always going to look at the good things and the bad things you're going to do. They're going to try to look at some of the the, the bad things that you do. And put those out there, but it's more glaring for smaller school kids and HBCU kids. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna put the knock out there a little bit more about what you don't do as well. So we'll, we'll see. But the two interceptions can't do anything really, but help him at least get a better look, and of course talk about the Kobe Durant uh, a little bit more. So that's what came away from the Miac, um, the Swat call. Um, I, I was there for most of it. Um, nothing really of significance that uh, that really comes to mind. I didn't see the Deion Sanders uh, interview. Um, I didn't see the 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 Coach McKinney interview from Texas Southern um, either. So uh, maybe some some things happened there that I don't know about. hadn't had a chance to see those either on the replay before I came and talked with you all this morning on the HBCU football. Daily podcast. So that's and those are some of my takeaways from takeaway Tuesday here on the HBCU football daily podcast. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU football daily podcast uh, where listen, we're, we're talking HBCU football. You're going to get opinions. Uh, you're going to get it facts. You're going to get it, all of that on the HBCU football daily podcast Monday through Friday talk with you tomorrow. Box2Row.com box, to row. box to is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews. To the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box2Row.com has you covered. <laughs> Missed a week from the press box to press row? Box2Row.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the press box to press row. And Box2Row.com Your HBCU sports leader.